Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You wanted the best online sportsbook? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself, and then sign up using promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from WinningCuresEverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. What up, what up? Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything, number 192. It is the Super Bowl 52 recap edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Chris, that was a tough one last night. It was a great game. It was a fantastic game. <laughs> it was so entertaining. Everything about that game, just everything surrounding it was fantastic. I thought the commercials were good. I thought the halftime show was good. Yeah, that makes I, one of us. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get into all that. But, I it, look, I at least thought it was entertaining, if nothing else. Um, the game itself had everything you could possibly want for a new age football crowd. It didn't have any defense at all. Exactly. That's exactly what it, like it's uh it's like a millennial game, right? It's if you're trying to convert new fans, you want them to come in and see this super exciting no punt, really no defensive stops. Like it, the defensive plays that you had were like fluky. Yeah, fluky but like big, you know, hits and and uh, fumble and like you know, just Weird stuff, right? So you had like the Alshon Jeffries uh, tip ball, uh, tip ball for an interception. Yeah, just stuff yeah. like that, right? So it's it's a little weird, 
but uh, but it was entertaining. So on tonight's show, we're going to talk uh, all about everything that went into the game, some of the weird facts and whatnot, because that was one for the record books. Uh, Nick Foles, he is under contract with the Eagles for next season, but uh, what are they going to do with him? What are they going to do with Carson Wentz, et cetera? Um, we're going to talk about uh, all the different places he could end up. We're going to talk about Doug Peterson calling the game of his life. We're going to talk about uh, what the hell happened with Malcolm Butler. Um, and, and then we're going to talk halftime show, and we'll, we'll just figure out where we go from there. So uh, first off, Eagles win 41-33 over the Pats. Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have not won a championship in the same season. Which seems a little weird considering how often they have won, but never in the same year. Does that surprise you? I mean, Bill won three before Nick was a, you know, a big time college coach anyway, and then he went a decade without winning one at all. Well, no, he won. He won two, right? He won three, but one is a DC. No, they won three out of four the first three Super Bowls they won. So the 2002 season. No, no, no. What were the seasons that they won? Because he oh, won one at LSU in, in 03. Oh, you're talking about Nick, yeah. Yeah, Nick won one in 03. I'm not worried about Nick. I'm just talking about Bill. Bill, the first three Super Bowls, Bill was, uh, Nick was just now kind of getting to the top of college football coaches. Huh. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes so, perfect sense. So, so, Absolutely. So Nick wouldn't be expected to have won one then. Then they went a decade without, the Patriots went a decade without winning one while Nick was racking a bunch up. And then, and then this, he goes most, this most recent run, you know, he, the Patriots won two, and it just happened to be the two years Alabama didn't win one. It's a little strange, right? A little yeah. strange. Uh, the Patriots had 613 yards of offense in only 25 minutes and lost the game. Like, that's absolutely Zero absurd. Punts. Zero punt. It's the first time in NFL history a team has had that many yards and lost. You tell me Tom throws for 505, they score 33, and they don't punt the entire game before the game starts. I tell you the game ended exactly the way I thought it would. Well, and, and you only have one turnover for the entire game. Yeah, no interceptions. Yeah. That's one sack. Yeah, that's absolutely absurd. Uh, the Eagles are the first team since the 03 Patriots to win a Super Bowl without a 1,000 yard receiver or rusher. Was that surprising? No, because that's just kind of the way they've played football it's all year. A, it's a team effort. It's like the entire thing is just a team effort. It's a little surprising to me. Uh, you, you don't see a lot of teams built like that anymore, right? I mean, With the, the Patriots, Patri- it makes the, sense. The Patriots are built like that. Right. Other than Rob Gronkowski, nobody else is like the dominant dude. That is something we'll get into here in just a minute about Gronkowski. Uh, Foles was 12 of 21 for 118 yards on play action passes. That is the most play action passes ever attempted in a Super Bowl. Now, notice they didn't call it RPO. That's just a style offense, though. I mean, yeah. that's Doug Peterson's style of offense. And so he, he had completed 72% of his play action passes during the postseason, uh, which is really high. Like, that's elite level, more so than Flacco. And they call Flacco elite. No, 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 they were, but they were wrong for that. Oh, 100%. They were wrong for Flacco. You realize Foles, as a regular season quarterback, has a higher QBR than Flacco has? That doesn't surprise me. He's a mediocre quarterback. And his payroll hit is like 27-something million dollars. Correct. That's why Baltimore started sucking as soon as he got all that money. Oh, my God, that's insane. 
Uh, each of the last nine players to win the NFL MVP and play in the Super Bowl that same season have all lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's kind of like the Heisman Trophy jinx. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of what it is. So that, now the Heisman Trophy jinx kind of went away for a little bit, for, but, but I mean, that used to be like the norm. Yeah, that was, that was the norm. Uh, did you, did, were you surprised at all to see how many sacks were in this game, which was technically one and it was it was really the fumble. And it was the fumble. No, um, Philly only got one sack against Minnesota, and they played great defensively. I knew Tom would get the ball off quickly. Yeah, and, he's, and I knew he's the Patriots weren't going to get any sacks because I mean they didn't even make full sweat the whole game. No, not in the slightest. He he was out of the pocket. It, it was nobody was in five yards yeah. of him most of the time he threw the ball. That was bananas. Uh, I'm noticing more people coming in on Facebook. If you would share that thing out for us, help us out, spread the word. Etc. Etc. Uh, Chris, have you noticed how much the NFL is starting to look like college football? It, it, it doesn't. You're wrong on this. You're I just, don't think I'm wrong. You, I think the play calls though. are incredibly like no, college football. You watch. You watch the Super Bowl. You watched one team call plays like that. Doug Peterson is the only coach in the NFL that calls this run pass option, and and you think all of a sudden this is what the NFL is doing now. You yes, they won the Super Bowl doing it. But nobody else is doing it or has done it. You don't think that the Patriots steal some of the stuff from from college? Our offense doesn't look anything like a college offense. Are you crazy? I might be, apparently. All college college offenses use an athletic quarterback. Tom Brady is anything but an athlete. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's not an athlete. What no, you you're right. Like, what, that, that doesn't make sense. You've got one coach that has started to do this, and you watch. I'm not. It. Well, I'm not talking about like run pass options, right? Because like not not everybody in college does that. I'm okay. talking about the missed field goals. The well, deep passes, has been missing the, a lot of field goals. The reverses. Been, well, it's, like, it's been a passing league for a decade, though, man. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just. I look at it and I'm like, this looks a lot more like college than what about college kind of turning more like pro. Uh, that's entirely possible. I mean, it's just because you you watch more college football than you do pros. This is what pro. It's been going on for five ten like years at least for for a decade, man. Yeah. I mean, the run game has died long ago. Yeah. The Patriots 2007 season threw all running games out the window. They got Randy Moss. They had Wes Welker. Yeah, no, you're and they right. They said we gonna sling that thing, and every other team had to adapt and adjust. You are entirely right. So this has been happening for a while. Let's uh let's talk about Nick Foles. A confident young man, a superb athlete. Under contract with the Eagles for next season, 2018. He is under contract for 7.6 million dollars. First off, is that like the best deal in the world. How how good is Foles? How good is Wentz? And how good is this system? I'm gonna think the system is what. So I think Foles is actually pretty good. Not saying he's bad in the right system. But here's the problem: you got a lot of teams we're gonna talk about. They would be more, who who has more value if you're talking about trading one of these guys? Exactly. Foles or Wentz. Foles has more value. False. Because. False. Well, it depends on what. Okay. Hold Who, on. Who's going to give you more in a trade today? For you, Would you pay more for Foles or would you pay more for Wentz if you're a GM? 
I think you have to see what the injury situation on Wentz looks like. It's an ACL. I'm with you. But not everybody comes back from an ACL the same way that like Adrian Peterson did. But we have seen Foles do this. It, when he had Chip Kelly, he looked great. Without Chip Kelly, he looked like a bum, which is why he's a backup. Now, right. under Peterson, he looks great. Just because he leaves Peterson to go coach under somebody else or play under somebody else doesn't mean he's going to – because they don't run an RPO. But we also you don't know what – bring this we, offense back with him. But we don't know what Carson Wentz looks like without him either. You're right. But, but, Carson but Wentz, Wentz is younger and, and all that. And Carson Wentz was drafted as if he could be any style quarterback. I look at it like that. Now, tell me this. Do they have like a sign and trade in the NFL? No. So it, it's if you traded for that seven point six million dollar contract, yeah. you're telling me that that wouldn't be worth something to some of these other teams at least to try out. I, if unless you're going to run this style of offense, then you're a fool because we've seen what he looked like running under Jeff Fisher's offense. offense. But we also saw what Case Keenum looked like under Jeff Fisher's offense. We saw what Jared Goff looked like no, under Jeff Fisher's he, offense. No, because he didn't uh, listen now, but he didn't. He he hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked confident or comfortable under many offenses other than Chip Kelly. He didn't even look great all the time. He either looked like a world beater or he looked like a bum. No, you're right. And then under Doug Peterson, he's looked really good every game. Peterson is an offensive genius. We are seeing that right now. Okay, I'm telling you, because of the age, because of the accolades, if you get a call for a quarterback, they're going to want Wentz over Foles. Okay, you're talking about how cheap somebody is. Yeah. He's on a rookie deal. And he just finished his second year. You got him for three more years on a rookie deal. All right, crazy cheap. This isn't the Sam Bradford rookie deals. All right, now you're you're right. All right, second thing, if you're the Philadelphia organization, you trade away the Super Bowl MVP, the first Super Bowl in the history of your career. Went starts off the season next year two and three. Your then, ass is thrown out of a building. Now you're right. And they set you on fire before they throw you out the building. Do they do they really love Foles that much there? I don't know that it matters. At some point in time, they're going to end up like the Patriots with Garoppolo. At some point in time, you got two guys, both of them, the league is going to value at something, and you have to figure out what's more important. The difference is, is if you go with Wentz, he has the safety and security of saying, I won y'all a championship so that can buy me two or three years of You're talking grace. about Foles. Foles, yes. Yeah. If you go with Wentz, that's right. If you go with Wentz, he has no safety and no security because while he looked like the league MVP before he got hurt, he did nothing to win them the Super Bowl. Now you got a point. I think you have this a great is a, point. I think this is normally it's a quote unquote good problem to have. I would not want to be this front office. Oh, not in these slides. No, that's not true. That's not true. I think you pick up the phone and you say, Cleveland. You passed on wins. Give me the first-round pick this year and the first-round pick next year, and you can have wins. I gave you two first-round picks for the draft pick. You give me two picks back for it. And then and that okay. And that then you just work. then you just roll. This team is loaded. This team has a ton of talent. You talking about the Eagles or the, Eagles, the Browns? The Eagles. Now you got two more first-round picks. One of which is the first overall pick. And you've still got your Super Bowl winning quarterback. Done and done. Okay. Done okay. and done. I'm with you. If I'm the Eagles, because if you trade, if you trade Foles, the first game, if they start the season off 0-1, Philadelphia is going to be pissed. <laughs> That's a fan base that you don't want to rile up. Or, am I wrong? Do you disagree No, you're, with that? you're entirely right. Okay. 
So it that that completely went. So all right. So if it's Wentz, you're talking about the Browns. Would the Browns be willing to trade two first round picks for a quarterback? Well, yeah, they'd be stupid not to. But it, it, it. How much do you think the injury plays into this? Zero. You think so? Look, you've got a game film, regardless of if it's a Peterson thing or not. You you have tape to see that Carson Wentz can play, and everybody they have drafted has not been able to play. Okay. And as much as I like Josh Allen in this draft, I'll take a Carson Wentz. Because you're, you're worried so much about this injury. Would they not do the same thing for Deshaun Watson? He's got the same damn injury. Uh, you but, got a point. but we all work under the assumption that it's 2018. We know how to fix ACLs. That's this true. Is, this is not, you know, the 90s where it was a death sentence. All right, so let, so Foles or Wentz, either one, one of them is going to probably have to be traded because they are worth so much right now. It would be You would be foolish to keep both of them for next year. Because the year after that, Foles is up. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose one for nothing. But right now is the highest the value possible point. is higher than it's ever been. Yeah. So all right. So here are the teams that you would have to look at a deal with, right? All the teams that need a quarterback. Let's look at them. There's a lot. The Cardinals. I would like this a lot for either one of these guys if Arians was still the coach. Yeah. I don't know anything about. Who their coach is. The Panthers defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's good. That's be a we terrible offensive guy. Not a fan. Do we not know who the OC is? Have they hired one? I have no idea. I haven't seen and it. I don't know that I could tell you who it is if they had I don't even know that they made the hire. I did. I hadn't seen any of it. So no. Larry Fitzgerald is not far from retirement. No. Uh they do have serious talent on defense, and even with all the mess that went on this year, they still won eight games. So you know you're in a pretty stable situation yeah. there. But God bless, I would hate to be in that division. The Seahawks, who, yeah, they they screw up a lot, but there's still a lot of talent and whatnot there. So you never really know what you're going to get. Um, but you're going to have to go up against Russell Wilson with the Seahawks. You're going to have to go up against Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, and now the Rams. So if you're Nick Foles or Carson Wentz, do you really want to go to Arizona? I did a little uh, next year Super Bowl looks for odds because, you know, I, did you? I have a gambling problem. I know the Patriots are favored for next year. The Rams are twenty-eight to one. Twenty-eight to one. Thinking about sliding a little something on that. Really? That's just a that's just a long shot, but I like that team. You know the Titans are uh, plus five thousand. Yeah, they should be. They should be fifty to one. That's a first year head coach. I can I can understand all that. I get it. Uh, anyway. Next up, the Jets. Anyway, that's a tough division. You're right. Yeah, tough division. Uh, Jets look. It looks like the Jets are going hard after Kirk Cousins. They've got a whole lot of money, whole lot of cap room. It, if they don't get Cousins, though, I mean, they could pony up a lot to the Eagles to land either one of those guys. If they don't get Cousins, they need Cleveland to get Cousins because then they can just trade for the first round pick to Cleveland. Because if Cleveland has yeah. their quarterback. Then they'll trade the number one overall pick. Yeah, that makes sense. The the Jets they trade that number one Jets overall. The Jets are back need, at six. Yeah, the Jets either need to to get Cousins or they need Cleveland to get him and make sure he doesn't go to Denver or any of these other places. If you're the Jets, do you want to do you want to bring in a like an unproven quarterback to build around, or would you rather get Cousins? See the the problem is is the unproven quarterback has this sex appeal because you don't know what his ceiling is. While Cousins has been really good, I think what we've seen of Cousins we know what his 
That, now that's a good ceiling. That's not a bad ceiling. Yeah. But I don't think it's a Super Bowl ceiling. So you're, I said this last night while we were all watching the game. The, the thing with Cousins is he, you're never going to go three and 13 with Cousins. Right. But you're also never going to go 13 and three and win a Super Bowl with Cousins. Uh, you may, yeah, you may be so right. So if you're good with eight and eight, nine and seven, 10 and six, making a playoff, I don't know how many playoff games you can win. Cousins, your guy. See, in Cleveland, you're a god if you do that. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know that you are in New York, even though it's been decades since they won. I don't know that you are. That makes a whole lot of sense. So it is one of these unproven rookie quarterbacks could be lightning in a bottle worth more than Kurt, who you know you're going to have, and you kind of know what he if, is. If you've got a defensive-minded coach and you just need a guy that's going to go out there and oh, be good. Oh, he wants Kirk because he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Yeah, that's what, that's he, what he it is. He doesn't want a rookie because he it, he wants somebody. A defensive guy wants you to protect the ball. That's, that's also it. why the Broncos want. Yeah, that's it. Same yeah, thing. Same just thing. Just don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball over, and let's do that. So the Broncos, however, like Foles might be good there. Wentz might be good there. Either one. Um Either one would be the best quarterback on the roster, like, right now. If I had a choice out of all the teams that need a quarterback, you know, the least place I'd go, other than Arizona, because I didn't think about them. Denver? I think it is Denver. And here's the reason why. John Elway's great. That's fine. That's wonderful. He ain't coaching or anything. I don't trust the head coach. And so the guy that's going to bring me in, my head coach, I think is probably going to be gone next year. And if he's not gone, it's only because of how good I play as quarterback. And I don't want to be the guy that's saving his job because I'm always going to be held down. Yeah, no, you're I don't right. think that dude can coach. I think you are probably dead on. And the fact that he didn't great. get well, – yeah, but how good were they this but year? They made him fire every coordinator because John Elway didn't want to be the guy to fire a head coach after one year. But he did let go of not one single assistant is back. That tells me this dude. That tells me this dude's not the one coaching the team. No, he's he's getting walked on, is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Now this is my favorite one. Okay. The Buffalo Bills. Oh no! Were you there last night when I was talking about how much Sean McDermott scares me? No. We were talking about. Was this after the game? Yeah, this was after. I had already left. I had already left. We were talking about teams in the AFC that are a threat to the Patriot next year. And I, and I mentioned the Bills. As they are, knowing that they're going to make changes in the offseason, oh, yeah. I just think Sean McDermott. I, I'm going on coaching. Sean McDermott. Sean hey, McDermott. baby. That's what he's I'm a, talking he's about. He's a really good coach. That dude is an absolute beast. Yeah, he is. On, a, for the defense, especially. Yeah. And I think that the offense, like, they've got weapons. Well, he just prepares that team all the way around. Yeah. He's not just a defensive guy and doesn't worry about the and offense. It's, it's, so they're not going to stick with Tyrod Taylor. No. You know that Nate Peterman's not going to be your starter for a while, if he ever is. Yeah. Um, but they got a stout defense. they got weapons all over the field. If you pay attention to what Philly did with, with Wentz or like you can – that offense has weapons enough to where you can change it schematically to match what your quarterback you, has. You can go get weapons, too. Yeah. I mean, they, how many draft picks did they get? They – it looked like at the beginning of the season they were tanking. Right? Yeah. Remember they made they, all they those stockpiled. They stockpiled all these picks. They traded away every piece of talent they had other than yeah. Shady. And I thought they were tanking. And in nope. a season where it looked like they were tanking, they made the playoffs. Wait, they got Kelvin Benjamin, they got Shady McCoy, they got And they got like, a ton of draft picks. And a ton of draft picks and, and they're they still like got all good wide receivers. Like second and third round picks. The most valuable picks in the draft. Second and third round, second day. God man. 
That is the way that it goes. That's the team that scares me. It's them and Jacksonville are the two teams that they, scare me. They've got the personnel for whichever quarterback they end up picking up That's to right. be really successful. That's right. Uh, the Browns, obviously, whoever comes in is going to be the best quarterback on, on the, the roster. Um, but they've got the same thing, right? So if you brought in Foles and you wanted to switch up, like if Hugh Jackson wanted to switch up to like the RPO thing. He would have right? to change his offense. He would completely change everything schematically, which is tough for an offensive guy I to do. I say, he's never done that. No. And that's what makes it a little weird, right? Yeah. So like Kirk Cousins might fit really well yes. with Cleveland because he wouldn't have to change. Andy Dalton looked like a god in Cincinnati the years yeah. that he was their offensive coordinator. That's why the the Browns need Kirk Cousins. And if he was smart, he would show them game film of Andy Dalton looking like the Red Rifle in uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. Those were that was all because as soon as Hugh Jackson left, Andy just did a nosedive downward. Yeah. Now you're right. You're entirely right. So the Browns, we know what kind of quarterback they need. I don't think it's either one of these guys. Why well, take wins? Or Foles? No, I do not think Foles can win outside of that system. And and Hugh Jackson's not changing that system for one guy. No, you're probably right. You're probably right. All right, um, let's see. You you know they've got – if they've got Kirk Cousins and they've got Josh Gordon, they take – I don't know that Josh Gordon is a dude for the Browns. He might be. I'd love to see it. He played really well when he came back. I get that. I don't know what the Browns are going <laughs> to do in the offseason. Props to Adam. I went out and saw Adam McClellan. Well, it's not the hangover anymore. Uh, AM Whiskey on Friday night. Everybody go check those guys out at some point. They are fantastic. My voice may still be shot, uh, but Adam's checking out the show on Facebook. So go uh, go show some love. Check him out. Um, let's move on the Jags. So here's what's going to mess up the Jags, all right? Because right. I know about this from last week. Um uh, Mike Lombardi was talking about this on the ringer last week. They have to pick up um, Blake Bortles option for $19 million next year. If he does not pass his physical, he's about to have wrist surgery, yeah. which means he will not be able to pass his physical because he will just have surgery on his wrist. So they will have $19 million in an option on him, which means they cannot make a quarterback move this year. He will have to be their quarterback this year. Well, here's the thing. Does Foles fit what they do? I think that's hard. I, I think Doug Marone is probably one of the best offensive minds in football, too. Right. But he doesn't run that kind of offense either. Um, now, would he adapt? I don't know. The He's got the personnel for the it. The problem is, is they would have to give up a lot probably to get Foles. And I don't know that they're going to give that much up when they think they have something in Blake. And if Blake flames out, they'll just go get another quarterback the next year. Yeah, that makes that sense. That defense is super young. All the talent on that team is crazy young. They're not in this desperation run to to win now. Yeah. Now, no, they are right. trying to win now. But but, but they're looking long-term as this, opposed to. There's a really good chance that they weren't going to pick up Blake's physical or Blake's uh, option next year if they could have um, gotten another quarterback. But with him being hurt and having the wrist surgery, and, and they got to pay nineteen million. The reason I brought up the Foles thing, him the nineteen million dollars. The reason I brought up Foles is that's only a seven point six million dollar hit for, for one year. For one year. But what do they have to trade to get him? And see, that's that's the issue. Do you want to trade up like the a core part of your team? Yeah. 
And I don't know that I would want to do that. I wouldn't. So, uh, David, he said, uh, do you think Philly's going to keep both quarterbacks once Wentz is healthy? That's what we're talking about right now. Uh, go back on the podcast, listen to the rest of it. We don't think so. Uh, the price is way, way up there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Kevin, do you think Brady's son gave him a French kiss after he lost that game? You, you know, boys get in this thing and just absolutely tear it up, don't they? You're you no longer invited over. <laughs> You know, let's go let's go all right let's talk about doug peterson real quick big fan of doug peterson he's a stud balls of steel yes he had three calls in that game last night and nfl.com wrote a story about it and it was all right so first was the philly special right so you got trey burton and he does this end around thing. What was it? Corey Clement does the end around on the reverse and flips it to Trey Burton, and he throws it over to uh, to Nick Foles. First reception, uh, first touchdown reception for a quarterback in the Super Bowl ever. Uh, Trey Burton came out and said, uh, "Let's see, bro, you're talking fourth down. Philly's never won a Super Bowl, and you're calling for a pass to the quarterback." Have you ever seen a play call like that in the Super Bowl? And he said, you guys don't know how athletic Foles is. I just throw it up there and put it anywhere. Even if he's covered, he's going to get it. He said it works every time in practice, no matter how accurate his pass is. Every time. Do you believe that? No. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But, but that, that's fine. I mean, it's a trick play. It worked. Yeah. And... You know, they didn't. Here's the problem. On fourth and one, that it, was an outstanding play it call. Look, it looked great. It didn't matter what they called. Every short pass that they wanted for three yards or less, they got. Yeah, they were wide. It was, four, open. It was fourth and one. They needed one <laughs> yard. There wasn't a single pass that they needed that they didn't get. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's Foles, the exact same thing. It's that same happened thing. In the Jaguars game. Foles, exact fourth same and one. Thing. Fourth and one completion to Zach Ertz. Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing. Four, fourth and one from the Eagles' 45-yard line with 5:39 left in the fourth quarter. Now, the normal thing to do there, if you're not playing the Patriots, is you kick the ball back Point to them. Play defense. And the issue is they had already given up three straight touchdowns. The, the issue you is you couldn't do that. The issue is the Patriots hadn't punted all day. Yeah. So if you punt it to them. You've lost the game because at that point in time, they You're were down. down. They were down by one. You give Tom the ball back, and he hasn't punted all day. So that was a must call. But once again, there was no question in my mind as soon as they were going forward on fourth down that they were going to get it. It was a short pass. You I, knew they were I, get I have watched this defense against Jacksonville. I thought going into this game they would have something for the Eagles. Nope, it's the exact same team against Jacksonville. And, and they were doing it without Malcolm for whatever reason. We'll get into that. But it's just one of those things where it's it, they were going to get anything they needed. The, the Patriots had to do what they did to keep this game as close as they kept it. Yeah. Neither one of the defense. The difference is the Patriots, we knew going into this game there was a chance the pass defense was going to suck because we've watched them suck a lot this year. Nobody had a clue that the Eagles defense was going to suck. No. No, it, that was the most surprising. The, the aspect weirdest of the thing game. about the game was the Eagles' defense sucking. Like, and it it, like it wasn't even bad. It wasn't even close. It was the most yardage like 
Ever. Yeah. yeah. Tom like got bananas. Tom got almost anything he wanted. And they couldn't run the ball at all. They did shut the run down. But well, I mean, they got 113 yards or whatever the hell it was. I mean, it's, you know, that's... they got some yardage. Yeah. So, you know. Um, all right. So we're going to move off that. Uh, let's talk about. Come on. It's game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Let's go. Let's talk about Malcolm Butler. Okay. Now, I didn't think much about it early in the game. So we saw him crying, and I remember us looking at it going like, What happened? What is going on here? Yeah. And they brought up something about somebody dying, and we were like, why would you why would you tell somebody that before the game? But no, they were like comparing it to that. Which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Comparing a guy getting benched to like losing a family member. That's uh, that's insanely ridiculous. Yeah, that was so a- so I didn't understand that whole thing, but like the secondary didn't know that he wasn't playing until right before the game. And and Patricia and Belichick both mentioned something about like different packages. Is and he just didn't get on the field. That, that's like co- that's coach speak. Like they could have used their own injury report that's to co- blame it on. Yeah, that's coach. Because they they said he had an illness. He didn't even travel with the team because he had a quote. Yeah, he got undisclosed the flu. illness. He got the flu. Yeah. So so instead of using that, like he had been sick in the run up to kickoff. Um, Belichick told the media after the game that it was not for disciplinary reasons, and he said. I made the decisions that gave us the best chance to win. That's right. That's that's Bill taking the lumps himself. So, what, like, is there more to this? Do you think he really just held him out because he didn't feel like? No. Well, oh, I do think I think it was a disciplinary thing. Okay, so you do think it was disciplinary. There are reports that he was out after curfew. I'm not saying that they benched him because of curfew. There are. So I, I was on Twitter today, and I forgot who tweeted it out. Somebody close to the team, whatever, a guy that follows the Patriots pretty well, said that the police brought him back after curfew the night that he was out after curfew. And whatever conspired, I don't think he did anything illegal. I think they just, I mean, he might have gotten plastered or something. I don't know. I have, I have no, I don't want to throw it out there because I don't know the answer. And I, I have been off of sports talk all day today. I'm not listening to it. I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> Give myself 72 hours. You know, seventy-two. What happened to twenty-four hours? Uh, whatever, man. I'm not doing with it. Like, when I, I get back listening. in it, yeah, that'll, it'll, people will be talking about draft when I get back, and that's what I need. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I think I think there's more to this, and that's just. It would have been easy for Bill to say he got in trouble, and I wasn't going to play him. So here was uh, my thought when I saw the um, you know the report that maybe he, there was like he was in trouble for the curfew thing. I think they told him. We're going to, we're going to bench you. We're not going to start you. Okay. I think he might have flipped out because he's, they've had some tension. They had a oh, the yeah. contract problem before the season started. They thought he was trading him. Yeah. And they didn't trade him. Like he hasn't been happy for a while. So I think when they told him they were going to bench him, I think he flipped out. He didn't handle it well. And Bill said, that's fine. Instead of just not starting, I'll sit your ass right next to me the whole game and you won't touch the field. And and I think Bill and he just, got out there for one special teams play. A special teams play. Yeah. And I think that's just because they needed a dude. 
Entirely possible. But but he didn't play a six. And, and this is a time where, I mean, the Patriots could have used and They really could have because they were getting tore up. Yeah. Uh, and so after the game, Malcolm Butler told Adam Schefter, uh, they gave up on me. Uh, if it is what it is, I could have changed that game. And then later on, he said it was a coach's decision. I was just doing my job and supporting my teammates. I have nothing but great things to say about the organization. They gave me an opportunity. That's about it. So then he declined to say what was next for him. He is uh, an unrestricted free yeah. agent this that, year. That's the last and time he'll ever wear a pass. Yeah. Um, he played in 97.8% of the defensive snaps in the regular season. Correct. And he was the hero in Super Bowl 49 against Correct. the Seahawks. So, like, him not playing? Big deal. That's a huge deal. Big deal. So, so SB Nation had a post about uh, a former Patriots cornerback. Did you see the post, the no. Instagram post? No, I didn't see. Brandon Browner. Posted on Instagram. Okay. He said, locker room was divided pregame, most yards ever given up in a Super Bowl game, and your best defender over the last three seasons doesn't get a snap. You were hurt, burnt where he was needed tonight. Hashtag foolish pride. And then Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins, and Alfonso Denard all liked the tweet. Or the Instagram post, whatever. Was that surprising to you that Dante, at least, because he's still on the Patriots. He's still on, he's still on the damn team, and he got hurt early, and he hadn't been any help in a while. Yeah. He helped win that Super Bowl, and that was it. Now, now tell me this. Well, he helped win two of them. Well, that's what I'm saying. Last yeah. year. He won so, last year's. He won last year's, and he was, he was big in the Seahawks. Well, yeah, yeah. he was huge. Um, I, I'm, the whole do, thing about nothing foolish, this year. the foolish pride He looked thing. bad until he got hurt. The the divided locker room, the hashtag foolish pride thing. What do you think that was all about? I have no idea. I I, I couldn't even com, com, try to act like I can relate to any of these players. Okay. Yeah. Some some of these guys have egos that 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 you you can't even explain how big they are. Some of these dudes have no filter whatsoever. I don't know. Let's talk about this real quick before we jump into like the halftime stuff. Okay. So Rob Gronkowski after the Super Bowl, they ask him about retirement, right? And he's 28 years old. So you're not thinking too much about that. But when they started bringing it up to him, he said, I don't know how you heard that. But I'm definitely going to look at my future for sure. I'm going to sit down the next couple of weeks and see where I'm at. Which which leads people to start looking at his injury history. Mm-hmm. Have you ever really looked at all of his ailments and whatnot? Yeah, he's been hurt every year he's ever played. It is he literally has, he absurd. Missed, yeah, he's never played 16 games. I, I just, I cannot, I mean, going through, so sportsinjurypredictor.com has has Gronkowski's chance of injury in 2018 100% that 65% no, which is I like mean, he's the highest but, in the league but that's like, but that's just, I mean he's going to get hurt his chance of injury per game is at 6.3% projected games missed for 2018 is 3.3 his durability out of 10 is a 2 but that's not that doesn't mean he's t- he's not tough no, no, no. He's yeah. absolutely he's tough. You can't you can't do anything the way he gets tackled, and the way he gets hit, and the way he gets taken out of games. His his injury history goes back to college, right? So yeah. he missed. Uh, the reason he fell in the draft was because he had the bad back. He had mono in his sophomore year. Yeah. Um. Yeah, his sophomore year, 
He had mono. He missed three games with mono and strep throat. So missed three that year. He missed his entire junior year at Arizona because he had back vertebral yep. disc hernia. And he had to have back surgery then. That's right. That's how he ended up falling to like the second round, right? Yes. So then it, it skips ahead to like 2012, high ankle sprain in the AFC Championship game, played through the injury in the Super Bowl, but that required arthroscopic surgery later in February, like it had multiple torn ligaments in it, all that kind of mess. That's in 2012. That Sorry, the end of 2012. That's going into the Super Bowl. Then uh, September of 2012, the next year, the hip pull. Limited his reps, he returned in time for uh, for another game. He had an arm-forearm fracture in 2012. And that messed him up for a while. Cause Long it time. Because it kept re-getting injured and kept coming back up. Well, that, see, that's the thing. He he played again. He came back on January 13, 2013. He had another forearm fracture. Yeah. That was not an identical injury. Like, it, it's it's insane. He re-fractured it, but it wasn't identical. So, like, somebody just hit it. In the, in the right spot. Um, he required three more surgeries. He was out for the rest of the year. Um, I mean, it's just, that whole thing was crazy. He was out until week seven of the following year. The following year. Um, May 2013, that's when he had the uh, back vertebral fracture. So more back surgeries. Yes. Uh, I mean, God bless. Uh, ACL tear in December of 2013. ACL and MCL tear against the Browns. Uh, he also got a, uh, a head cranial concre- uh, concussion grade one on the same hit. Like this is, I'm still in 2013 and it just keeps going and going and go. And I'm telling you, I'd probably think about it too. The back surgeries and the concussions are what worries you. Well, see, that's the you thing. There's only, only two you can only concussions op- you that can, have been listed. You can only operate on your back so many times before it's just you can't do anything else for it. Yeah. And the head stuff, we're learning more and more about that. And as much as people like to joke on Gronk for being dumb and this, that, and another, like all that's an, all that's an act. All that's a character that he plays Yeah. to, to, to a fan base, and, and it's great. But, but, I mean, he's a sharp dude. He's a real sharp dude. And he's he's not dumb enough to to mess with his head. I, I will tell you that the Patriots are probably people give them crap for all the stuff about hating them, this, that, another. They take the concussion situation more serious than any other team I've ever seen. Oh yeah, thirty-one other teams would have would have had him go back in the game against Jacksonville. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think thirty-one other teams would have had Brandon Cooks go back in after after he went. Oh out. yeah. I agree. I, think, I don't know about Cooks. I, uh, I think I, I think some the would. The fact that he was knocked out, that's fine. They got to go in after halftime. They'd, they'd have lightened him up. They'd have been like, come on, man, you want to go back in? I think you're clear. I think <laughs> like, you're get fine. Some this, get some of this cocaine, yeah. man. Like, and they would have <laughs> got him back in. I, I think I think they do a really good job. Yeah, they, they take care of their players. They always have. They always will. That's that's it's, what they it do. It is something that Nobody is bigger than the team, it's, and the team is bigger than nobody. That's right. We – Next man up, we we can do this without you, but you take care of yourself. When yeah. it comes to the head, you take care of yourself. All right, let's talk about... Uh... Let's get ready to rumble! Let's talk about Super Bowl commercials, man. Okay, I'll do the commercials. I ain't talking about what you were thinking I was talking about. Yeah. We're going to save that for Wednesday night. But, Super Bowl commercials. 
You want me to just read off my list and, and you agree with me or not on whether or not they were good? Sure. All right. Best one of the night. Eli. ODB and Eli Manning. Yep. And then the offensive line because that was some good footwork. No, that was good. Giants got that good footwork, that man. That was really good. So I'm in on that. I'm good with that. So ODB and Eli. And it was like seven commercials leading up all the way to it. Yes. And we couldn't figure out, like, what is this Eli commercial about? Like, it, it, none of them made sense no. until you get to the last one. And then it's like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. touchdown celebration, dirty dancing. I get yeah. this. All right. It was good. It, so, so that whole thing made sense eventually. And that was, I mean, it was a pretty long commercial. That's right. And that was an NFL commercial. So they did a fine job on that. Uh, the Dilly Dilly commercials I thought were pretty good. The, the Bud Knight. I'm, I'm done with a Dilly Dilly. I think it's overplayed, overrated. Every person <laughs> that shouts out Dilly Dilly at a bar, I just want to punch. Has it gotten to that point? Yeah. It's only been a few months. It, it got old, like, Almost the week after it was on. Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. Uh, it's a tight ad. That's great. Stranger Things, David Harbour. Every that commercial is a tight ad. In every commercial, we couldn't figure out, like, what are they selling? Somebody was like, this is going to be a tight ad. Like, this is going to be a tight like, ad. I thought got, for a minute, the, the black screen, I thought for a second they were going to be like, tight ad. Tight ad. <laughs> this, that was one of those where the way they did it was perfect because they did it at the beginning and then the whole rest of the time, you're thinking about, is this a Tide? They didn't have yeah. to buy those spots. No, they you're just, just got thinking people tied. thinking about Tide. Like every time you see somebody with some clean clothes, you're like, like that must be a Tide ad. A I know what's going on. Yeah. And I swear, your boy Cam that was over last God. night, every time he see a good commercial, he's, let's go. Golly. <laughs> it's like the Lil John thing, man. He cracked me up with that. Oh, my God. His voice was gone by the third quarter. He won't get invited back. No. <laughs> him, and, him and KB, out the door. Out the door. Out the door. Uh, the Mountain Dew and Doritos tag team. Oh. That's Morgan Peter Freeman, Peter Dinklage. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dude. Iconic bars from Buster Rhymes and Missy Elliott. That was all over that. So good. Uh, no, we saw that actually on Saturday night. So somebody, we, uh, somebody had it on YouTube. Some yeah. of these I heard had gotten leaked out on YouTube. Which is fine. Which yeah, absolutely fine. Uh, Alexa loses her voice. That was kind of weird. I didn't. I didn't care. I I liked it. the The funniest part of that entire thing was like it's hot in that bush. You know what I'm talking? What was the chick's name? Yeah. Rebel, whatever. Yeah. That thing was funny. We were yeah, all okay. laughing. At all right, that. that part was pretty good. Uh, I mean, that made me I'd almost for, spit out my beard. I'd was... forgotten about that. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Okay. And then the uh, the Jurassic Park and the Avengers movies. Oh no! Look unbelievable. First, my first thought was this. Another Jurassic Park movie. Co- oh wow! Like, it looks intense. I'm, I'm all right. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Like, I'm sold. My, my bad. And the Avengers thing it. also look because I'm not like a big Avengers guy. You've told me over Gosh, and over gotta that I gotta watch them you gotta, all. You gotta catch up. Because I like I've watched the Iron Man movies with my wife. She's like obsessed with this stuff, right? Man, that was like, loves Iron Man. That was like 15 years ago. That's I don't, you gotta too, catch I, up. I feel like I'm so old, man. We, we are, but you still gotta catch up. I, I know. I still gotta watch like Doctor Strange. So that oh, had no, Doctor you, Strange in you it. Gotta, it had, it's got everybody. You know what I'm excited about seeing? Black Panther. Black Panther looks awesome. Super excited about looks seeing Black Panther. Awesome. But so Doctor Strange was in it, and like, was Black Panther in that yep, one? Yep, he's gonna be in. It. He's got to. I, I, like, it's it, Infinity War. I think it's. It's everyone. like forty. This is Marvel where they characters. bring all the Marvel stories finally merged to like matter all at the same time. Man, yeah, that that whole thing was I'm gonna nerd out. Nuts. Nuts. 
All right, to uh to wrap up tonight, because I know it's taken us a long time to get Sweet here. Mother of God, what is the holdup? Justin Timberlake. Now let's talk about it. Let's spend the last few minutes. Let's talk about JT. All right. What the hell was he wearing? I thought I was just hugely disappointed with the whole thing. I thought the opening was boring. He started the thing off. I don't with like a that opening song. song. I don't like and, and and he obviously lip synced the whole thing. That's a disappointment to me. Well, no, no, no. He actually sang a lot of it, but like he they've didn't got sing, the, no, no, you no, don't no. use the word a lot. He sang a little of it. They've got a the dad tracks, and then they've got him with the actual mic. I get you could tell when he was no, singing. I know that. He wasn't. But he he sang like every third word. Not, that's not a lot of it. That's, that's what most arena bands do now, man. That's, but that's, that's not, the thing. Look, that's when you want to be in the same ring with Michael and Prince and uh, you two right. and some of the greatest halftime performances of all time, you don't do that. They, they've changed up the way that this is done, right? So I'm like, I'm upset that they don't just have a stage anymore. It's not that's just right. a stage and like people run into the middle of the field and, all right. That's right. A like, concert, it's a show. Now, but but as a show, it was really cool that he like he came from underneath the venue and he goes up to this stage, oh, then he goes to that stage and so that stage long and forever. To do everything and it just it he was, was just all over the place. His mic was so, turned so far down you couldn't. Yeah, hear that was kind of anything. That was kind it of a was mess. Just all auto. T- I just I was I was very disappointed. I thought it was super weird, way over choreographed. You know. The, the I best, thought it was pretty good. The I, best I thought it was half, super entertaining. The best two halftime shows I'd ever seen. And, and nothing will ever get past this until they do something like it was Michael and Prince. Yeah. Those are the two best out of all of them. Now you're and right. then aside from them, we, we went through this thing where they had older rockers where Tom Petty and Rolling Stones did it. Tom literally sat up there with a guitar and that was it. And his band. And it was great. And he just played for like. 12 minutes and it was awesome that's what his arena shows have always and, been and, and it really was just good. really really good and and i just wish that he could have done so much i mean michael jackson had one of the greatest performances of all time and he didn't run all over the stadium so he did it all on this huge stage in the middle of the field yeah justin could have done that oh absolutely it's what bruno mars was so good bruno, and he bruno, was just on unbelievable. the stage unbelievable he didn't leave the stage he didn't do all this other funky crap he just put a show on right, right there. there in front yeah. of everybody. Oh, absolutely. And he was uh, – Bruno, I would put Bruno up there at the top four or five of all time. Oh, yeah. He was he was Without fantastic. question. Fantastic. And that's what I was kind of hoping Timberlake was going to go like. Be more like Bruno. It, he just was weird. What he was wearing was weird. It was it, like all over the place. The sound was terrible. Yeah. And I don't know who you blame for that. Is that an NBC problem or is that like whatever company that he hired to run the – the production show. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know who you do that with, who, who, who's to blame, but I, but it didn't come off well. I, I, I thought it was entertaining. Mirrors I, was the best song that he sang, and, and because of the way they did the reflection thing, like that was the only time where he really went to stage. Now, what did you think about the song. Prince thing? What did you think about the Prince tribute? Oh, it needed to happen. It needed to happen. Um, now, I, I, here's I why I'm, I I'm curious. So, like, it, so he sang uh, "I Would Die for You." Yeah, and. It's so it had like a video, yes. right, of Prince, and it's being shown in the middle of the stadium with Timberlake at a white piano. Now Prince said this back in 1998 about like holograms and bringing back like duets with people that are no longer here, and he said uh, that's the most demonic thing imaginable. Everything is as it is, and it should be. If I was meant to jam with Duke Ellington, 
we would have lived in the same age. That whole virtual reality thing, it is really demonic, and I am not a demon. So I'm curious whether or not he probably shouldn't have done it, because there was a lot of crap going on on social media about the fact that those two didn't like each other. Oh, no, I don't know about that. I always heard that that uh, that JT was like a huge fan of Prince. I don't know what Prince thought of Timberlake. But I've he heard was, that, but I've also Justin heard him Timberlake, talk crap. Back in the day, used to always say that Michael Jackson and Prince were two of his icons. Two yeah. of the people. But I mean, anybody our age, which were the same age as Justin, yeah. um, would, would, I mean, those were the dudes, right? If you were into pop, you loved Prince and you loved Michael. They were That's weird. What it is. And they were unbelievably talented. So it, I don't, I never knew that there was like some, beef that would be that would so be it may weird. not have been like it prince may not have liked him if you're a 30 year old man right. you beefing with like a 50 year old man that's you're just weird so like the first beef was uh was that whole sexy back thing and prince said something at an emmy party do you remember oh, this no. like 2006 uh because prince told whoever it was like for whoever's claiming that they're bringing sexy back sexy never left that doesn't shock that sounds so like a prince so prince thing. says that okay. and then timberlake goes on to he's got a song uh, called Give It To Me with Nelly Furtado and Timbaland. And the lyrics were, uh, we missed you on the charts last week. Damn, that's right, you wasn't there. Now, if sexy never left, then why is everybody on my S? Don't hate on me just because you didn't come up with it. So it's a little bit okay. of the beef kind of back and forth, but it, like why anybody would beef with Prince is just, beyond you know, he, me. He was, he was like the most likable dude that, yeah, I mean, he's, Non-threatening, yeah. super talented. And the other, the other thing that came back was the 2007 Golden Globe Awards, where Timberlake was presenting. Prince was stuck in traffic when the award came up, and it was, uh, it was some award for, uh, for best like best original song in a movie. It was like it, Prince did a song for Happy Feet. So Timberlake presented the award, and then he accepted it for him, and he like he kneels down. At the mic, and he's oh, like, I'm gonna, sure I'll go ahead and accept this for Prince. And then he ducks down and he goes, Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to thank everybody. And, th- and then he pops back up and he's, everybody's laughing and whatnot. But Prince is like, Yo, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I could see. Listen, I thought he should have done a tribute. I didn't know that Prince felt that way about holograms. If I'd have known somebody felt strongly about something like that, then I wouldn't have done I'd have just yeah. played a Prince song and I'd have let it go. Oh yeah, and everyone got upset that he didn't do like Purple Rain. Or Listen, if you're gonna tribute to a guy like that, don't do their most iconic song. Yeah, don't do that. You because you're never gonna do it better than them. It is better to do a song that like most people don't recognize with that person. Yeah, because then you can honor him, tribute him, say, hey, I actually know this guy's catalog, not just the most popular stuff, and then you can, you know, play something that maybe means something to you. I like that. I didn't like the show, man. That's all good. I mean, last night it's I gave it a B minus just because I didn't want to start a pissing contest with everybody around. <laughs> I was already. I thought it was good. A little drunk and. Uh, you you had a long night, man. A very long night. As soon as the game was over with, I wanted everybody to leave. Hey, I got out. That is the first time that I've ever thrown a Super Bowl party where my team was in. Hey, I when you told me you were doing it. I could not believe it. I got too cocky, man. I could not believe it. But hey, look, we've been through the same thing together. That's right. We so have. last year when Alabama and Clemson. Yeah. So that that whole thing. Hey, let it, me ask you a question. All right. Matt Patricia, like, are the Lions, like, wondering, can we re- renegotiate this contract a little bit? Like, we're not going to not hire you, but maybe we could take a couple hundred thousand off this joker. No. No. 
Um, I think that they. I think uh, you think the Patriots just don't have talent on defense. Or I think was Patricia, Patricia just not. No, I think the Patriots don't have a lot of talent. That's what I think too. I think I've, they don't have much talent. I've talked to several Pats fans today. I think Tom they, Brady absolutely covers up everything that is wrong with the organization. We are not a great team. We are a great coach and a great player. Yeah. And other than that, it may be a great Gronk. Yeah. When Julian's healthy. We're really good. But I mean, other than that, we got a bunch with, of just with, regular ass. With Dante players. Hightower out, and you're missing a few other people, and in this game, when you're losing Malcolm Butler, like there's, like there's not a whole lot of guys behind I them how that can fill in. Trisha was because you know he's got to do the team thing and back Bill, but it's like, come on, Bill, I kind of need this. Team. Like I need this, I need you, this to work, man. You know how bad we suck, right? It, it's yeah, it's a little, it's a little funky. So now. The Dallas Cowboys are the last team in the NFC East to not win a Super Bowl. Holy God. The Redskins have won one since then, I think. And the Eagles and the Giants have both won one. I'll be damned. How about it, Cowboys fans? Suck on that. One more shot. We're going to close on that. All right. Y'all have a good week. We will see you on Wednesday night. Don't forget... Check out the podcast. Check out the website, winningcureseverything.com. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Facebook. Periscope will be up tomorrow. YouTube, all that kind of mess. So go check it out. We'll see you all Wednesday, 8 o'clock. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team or praise us or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.